everyone, welcome to Mecca Talks, your access all areas pass to the beauty, business and lifestyle experts we call our community. I'm Kate Blythe, the Chief Marketing Officer here at Mecca. And I'm Zara Wong, Head of Content. In today's episode, we're talking beauty and the internet with Alex Shantakai of skincare and makeup brand Shantakai and TikTok superstar Carla Rockmore. Zara. Hi. How are you doing? Good. So we've got a really fun topic to cover today, beauty and the internet. What are your online beauty habits like? Hold on, wind that back. We always have a fun topic, but... This is, I'm really interested in this one. <laughs> this one we've been planning since season one, we had to move it around, so I'm really happy to get it in season two. But you know me, love the internet, love beauty and the internet, so this is a great topic for us. Um, and online habits for me are widespread, I would say. So who do you follow? Where do you get your beauty inspiration from? So I'm a bit of a sort of, um, I think I've said it before, like an Instagram um, saver. So I save all the inspiration shots that I like and they can be from anyone. It could be a runway look. It could be a beauty beauty look from a brand. It could just be somebody looking great or having a great hair look. So I kind of get my inspiration in that way. But I also love to follow like old um, sort of retro imagery, 70s imagery as well. I think that's pretty cool in terms of actually beautiful, natural looks, but, you know, still looking pretty strong. So I kind of will save images and then I'll go back. And actually, even with nails, I save lots of nail images. That's quite random, I know, isn't it? But you do, do you often have like fun nails? Sometimes I have fun nails. <laughs> Did you know? Isn't it funny? That's so not me. I know. <laughs> But I like a little bit of a, a, you know, maybe it's something, something. Maybe it's my children as well. They're always like, can I get some nail art? I'm like, oh, I want to try that. You know, let's try not to be the old boring mum with the same nail varnish all the time. So I will save, um, (laughs) I will say, look, it's not that crazy. I have very short nails and I keep them short. Um, but we'll sometimes try like a little French tip or... You know, yeah, Sophie Hodges asked me, it's Sophie at work, um, who's in the skincare marketing team, asking what she should do with her nails. And I suggested like reverse French tip. Yes, that, so can I do love that. that. Yeah, I love like the reverse, little, like a little... If there really was, subtle. So I wear like um, this particular pale pink shade. And then I, if you have like a little reverse silver tip at the sort yeah. of base of your cuticle, I think that's really chic. Yeah, that's fun. Um, but it is quite fun. And it is like something that I have been just experimenting a little bit with. Not crazy. It's not crazy. Just a little bit of judge. <laughs> what about you? Where do you get your inspirations, Zara? So I look on Instagram for sure because we do so many shoots. We're always saving images and sharing it with our team. But I think personally, like, you know, quick hacks and tips, definitely in TikTok at the moment. You know, you'll see a tip on like how to, you know, try a new concealer hack where you like put it at the ends of your eyes as to like, you know, clean it up. And those little things I really love because you learn it in like 10 seconds. The other the other sort of inspiration, and this sounds ridiculously obvious, but when we're talking to all these incredible people on our podcast, Mecca Talks, I feel that um, I go away and I, I'm such a sort of, um, you know, voracious um, researcher that then I'm like, oh, well, I now need to make sure that I've pick up this product or I use it in this way or my skincare is xyz so I find that super super informative and like it's really educating for me so that inspires me too yeah and we're going to be talking to Alex Shandakai the daughter of Sylvie founder of Shandakai soon especially off the back with the viral success of the brand's future skin foundation so we've had it at Mecca for years but it's really taken off on TikTok so I'm really interested to see her take on it 
how it affected the product, how it affected how I mean how they received it in stores. And it took off on TikTok because, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Euphoria, obviously our favorite HBO um, show, the Donny Davy, who's the lead makeup artist, she mentioned that she used it on the show's season, and then I think everybody went a bit wild and a bit viral over this product. And it's one of been a bit uh, so, sort of secret weapon at Mecca in yeah, terms of we love ages. We, we love this product, and so now it's kind of taken off which is super exciting but there's so much more to Shantakai than just the foundation it's a skincare brand it's got amazing formulations it's connected to nature so I'm really excited about having that conversation with Alex today and then later on we speak to Carla Rockmore from TikTok who I found her when I first joined TikTok like during COVID and I was like who is this woman and the way she just talks about how she breaks down a look how she picks her red lipstick against her yellow jacket I just find so fascinating and I think one of the things that she is so proud about as well is that she's in her 50s and she's like, this is what 50s looks like. Yeah. And I'm on celebrate I'm, it. I'm on TikTok. But also celebrate the fact that you're in your 50s and you can you can, um, you know, have fun with makeup, have fun with different looks and actually really like enjoy that um, the that sort of cosmetic playfulness, which I think you think when you get to a certain age, you can't do anymore, but actually that's total rubbish. So she, I'm excited to talk to her. She's the Carrie Bradshaw of TikTok. So that's going to be a great conversation, I think. Before we get stuck into these amazing conversations, we'd love to know what you've been thinking of Mecca Talks. Your reviews help us to make the podcast even better. And they're a great opportunity to let us know if there are any topics you would like us to explore or people you'd like us to interview. So if you're listening and you're not driving right now, leave a review. <laughs> I like that safety message. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love a safety message. So don't drive and review. Afterwards, after you drive. Yeah, exactly. Now let's get into our chat with Alex. All right, Kate. Alex on Shantakai is now on the line. Thank you so much for joining us, Alex. Welcome to Mecca Talks. Of course, yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be with you all. So to get us started, can you tell us a bit about the story of Shantakai, your mother Sylvie, and what you do at Shantakai? Shantakai is um, a family company. We started it, my mother Sylvie started it in 98 with fragrances, really beautiful um, antique ways in which one makes fragrances the way Parisians would make them over 120 years ago and really has this love for flowers and passion for nature and and sort of authentic well-made formulas and so from her first iteration of fragrances she then really decided she had more of a passion to continue to make regular makeup skincare color and started with foundations and um, very much had this belief that one should have a breathable finish, a very touchable face, and sort of was very prescient very early on in 99, 2000 of creating this very natural looking makeup, like the no makeup makeup look that's quite so popular now. And then um, I'd always the idea of making formulas with foundation that had, you know, bisabolol, chamomile, elements of antioxidants, redness reducing, um, ingredients that were always going to support the skin and, and soothe any irritation, always thinking she herself was sensitive and, and everyone else could benefit from supporting their skin as well. Um, so we started with foundation first, actually. And then because the skin was so well treated as a result of wearing these pretty good for you formulas when it came to makeup, a lot of the clients started to say, well, what else does she have? Is she making skincare for me? 
And that's where she really leaned in on her passion for flowers and started to make skincare made out of out of flower waxes, which is sort of a very unique thing at the time and um, sort of continues to be really um, standalone in the industry and the market of, of skincare in general. So we sort of started with color and then skin, which is a little bit backwards, but it was really based off just a passion for good formula, breathable finish, and and a very French, I'd say, aesthetic, mm-hmm. a very touchable makeup. That, yeah, yeah not, that not too caked of, on. Yes, yeah, just you like kiss, effortless. You <laughs> exactly, yes, you can exactly. kiss and touch. And I, I think the um, what I love about Chantecaille, and I'm a huge, huge Chantecaille fan, and I use it every single day. I use the oh. Vital Essence. I use the um, the gorgeous face cream, and I find it just like if I try move and try something else, I always come back to it. So I think there's something really um, what I love about it is that the formulations they do something to your skin that makes you feel radiant and hydrated. And to your point, it's just easy. And was that always the um, idea? Was that how your mum set out to have the skincare and the makeup? And how have you sort of evolved it since, you know, since you've been um, working in the business and how has that changed over time? It was always definitely meant to be very comfortable. And so removing any unnecessary allergens and irritants, so never having fragrance or color, the idea that the, the product should sing rather than be sort of covered by an artificial scent or or fragrance or color and no phthalates, no petrochemicals, no petroleum derived ingredient, no mineral oil, as well as no sulfate detergents and really eliminating irritants. So we have this pretty large sort of no-no list and it's all about letting essential oils and purifying restorative and soothing elements of the flowers themselves and the waxes and always oriented towards like almost your skin going, ah. Oh. Yeah, that's how I feel. It does. It's like, okay, <laughs> sigh relief. I've just got off a plane. I'm super jet lagged, but ah, oh, there we go. Happy it's days. So gentle yeah. and effective. Yeah. And I say that that's from the core. So the line of skincare is always called aromacology and sort of the physical, physiological effects on the skin from aromatherapy and the use of, deri- of plant-derived ingredients and botanicals. And so our skincare is anywhere from like 80 to 100% natural. And it's very much using the soothing aspect of rose as well. So instead of most formulas are, you know, 50% water in a cream, ours is that 50% of water is actually a rose water, which is very much around redness reducing, helping sort of sensitive, irritated skin and, and smells delicious at the same time naturally. So from the beginning, it was about soothing sensitive skin and using that anti-inflammatory aspect to be anti-aging in its own way, right? Because if you're always mm-hmm. irritated and exhausting your skin and through irritants or peels and things that are aggressive, you're, you're making the skin work harder at repairing because that's what we naturally want to do. Our skin always repairs. But if you sort of ex- make it have to work extra, you're going to stress it and inflame it and just make it work less efficiently over time. So cocooning and calming, it makes the skin more oh, I love effective. That. Cocooning. And, mm, and, growing I love up, that. and growing up, were you ever sort of, um, sort of working alongside your mom and seeing all the world of beauty? Did you ever think I'm not, I don't want to do this? Or were you always <laughs> like, I am so there, this is going to be my, my career as well? Well, you know, it was a really fun, easy way that it was woven into our lives because she worked with Lauder, right? Estee Lauder. And she ran a, a very beautiful company, Prescriptives, for a while. And so 
she did all the marketing and product development with them in many ways. And so she always had samples at home. So as a young girl from my, you know, I mean, she went to work when I was born to, to be with Lauder. So my whole life literally was with makeup and we would go see her at the offices or she would bring home samples from trips when she was going back from Italy from the factories. And, and then when we'd be home after school, my sister Olivia and I would dress up and my mom's beautiful old couture that she would let us play with. But we would often do a full face of makeup that was sort of part of the drama. It was a full look. I love that. Yeah, like you would do the red chinoise look with the wonderful um, silk robes she would bring back from trips from Asia. And then we would do sort of a red lip and a pink eye and a, you know with a blue highlighter just peacock feather like colors just so <laughs> creative and really fun and it was part of the drama and the fun of it but at the same time she always gave a lot of attention at bath time our grandmother my mom's mom who really was there a lot when we were young girls she came in from Paris and was with us she was very oriented around sort of hugs after the bath with really soft towels and beautiful essential or like oils on our skin and really always very natural with the French side. So there was fun and theatrics. And then there was also this sort of soft, comforting, very natural flowers. You know, we would pick flowers a lot in the backyards of our home and make flower crowns really connected to nature. And I think mm -hmm. we see that in Chantecaille. It's always sort of referencing natural ingredients and still having the fun and the sort of femininity and the drama mm -hmm. of makeup. And so we would go for our spring break, our girls sort of, um, our, you know, from school, we would have breaks in the spring and my mom had to work really. So she would take us to the factories in Italy. So part of our spring break, we'd get to have a few days in say Venice with her after, but most of it was in Milan when we'd go to the factories and finish the collection she had to work on. So we got a sort of first eye view of what it was like to actually be able to make these products. And I think when I think of what it made it translate to me was you there's no sort of distance between a thought and create, creatively producing it. She really showed us if you have an idea, you can make this happen. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's artisans who make it work and really great quality magicians within the factory of how to make beautiful powders and all the different back end to it, but it didn't seem unknown. So giving us visibility to the process was very empowering, I would say, mm -hmm. and really, really a great lesson of saying, you know, if you have an idea, you can help make it a reality and, and ultimately a product and sort of seeing these things come to fruition was very empowering. And so I think having it be something that's always sort of been part of our lives as opposed to like mommy goes to work and we yeah. have no idea what she does. I love that. It was a little bit immersed. More. It was kind of like mm -hmm. immersed in the world. Well, Anna, and it's such a um, beautiful story. I love the idea of the, the dramatics and the makeup and the drama and the dressing up, but also that very nurturing feeling of looking after yourself and putting your skin and your wellness and your whole sense of being um, first. And I think that's something that you definitely get from those amazing skin products as well. And actually one of those is a, is a hot favourite, Zara, isn't it? I think, obviously I love the Vital Essence, but there's also... Um, What's the other product we all Magnolia. use? The Magnolia. Yeah, the Magnolia Essence. Yeah. I love all the names too. Like you said. Stress Alex, repair, concentrate. You know, yeah, with all the flower names like Magnolia and Jasmine. You really feel like you're yeah. using, you know, Magnolia and Jasmine on your face because you are. And like stress yeah. repair. I need Jasmine. that daily. 
<laughs> jasmine and lily healing mask you know it's really using the lily uh plant in the bulb to help with redness and brightening and, and soothing the skin and jasmine is a really good natural stimulator of collagen and supporting turnover of damaged skin so we talk about the flowers but they're very powerful and often when we use stem cells we sort of stress them in a in a setting within a lab so that they're better even at what they're normally able to do so like raspberry within the bio serum plus is a great collagen supporter and redness reducer also but when you you stress it you make it even more impactful more mm -hmm, capable yeah. at supporting collagen growth and reducing redness so these very intelligent ways of getting plants to more efficiently do what they already do into your skin is sort of the science behind using stem cells yeah. and plants in general because well, it's not just us in the kitchen with a mortar and pestle picking in our backyard. <laughs> but, just, but even just speaking to you about it, I mean, our listeners can't see your face because we've got you on video, but your face just lights up when talking about the flowers and what they can do. And how, like, is that what sparked you to join the family company? Well, I really miss you have a not choice? knowing what they were. <laughs> yeah, in many ways, kind of. Yeah, in the very beginning, I worked with a lovely small um, high-end shoe company here in New York, Sugar Sam Morrison, that got very famous for being on Sex and the City. Mm -hmm. It was sort of a great New York moment in Olita. And I was interviewing to work possibly with another shoe company in the Italian world. And my mom said, you know, don't just go to another <laughs> high-end luxury shoe company. Come work with us. And I was very touched, you know, so she liked the idea. She's very tribes-like. She's an expat, right? She's from France and has made her life in the States in New York. Mm. My dad is from France as well, but they met in the States. And so they've sort of collected friends and, and moreover made family that has sort of worked with them and stayed around them. So she's big on sort of seeing the ability that each of her children in particular have and putting us in our own lane. Yeah. So we all have our own role in the company and don't overlap too much and but we need each other, work together, of course. And so for me, she was like, you know, you're good at talking and communicating and you should come in and help us um, expand and, and run, you know, this sort of element with the retailers and the store teams and help with the training. And so I thought about it for a little while because to your point, it wasn't a, I'll try it out like a couple <laughs> years or a month and yeah, if it doesn't work. You can't really resign from I'll your I'll go to L'Oreal or another big, <laughs> yeah. So it was like, Ugh. so it's a lifelong thing. But at the same time, I really did want to go into the company because I didn't know what they're talking about at family dinners on Sunday. I didn't know what was being discussed on the drives out to, <laughs> to the beach on weekends. And I was still young. So I was in the backseat of my parents' car listening away. And I, I moreover missed my mom. And so she she worked so hard my my whole childhood and we would see her of course weekends and you know at late nights but i realized she was still working hard when i was in an adult and if i wanted to sort of be with her i kind of had to work with her and it was a good thing for me to do because i could see my mom's amazing capability i mean i've learned so much from her and i'm so close to her we all are as children but i think it's really exciting to see what she is now which i think is a giant in the industry so close so closely, you know, and yes, I'm her daughter, but I'm also her employee who's just agog at her capability, her prescience, I think also like she's, you know, that no makeup makeup was very early to do mm. in yeah, so she's a trendsetter as well. Yeah, using botanicals to soothe and calm the skin and taking out allergens and never using fragrance and giving back to nature in a way that's very legitimate and authentic and supporting endangered species, knowing we're just on one planet that started, you know, eight, 15 years ago. Which, so she's always sort of thought ahead yeah. and, and has a great vision. So it's been a very exciting partner to, to sh saddle up to. So I'm 
very proud to have been with her the whole time. And, and I just wanted to kind of have those trips to, you know, come to Australia together, meet you, see you guys. You know, and see retailers all around the world so that, yes, it's fun to do that on a business level. It's even that much more meaningful when it's with your mother. Definitely. How, how wonderful, like being able to just actually work alongside each other, learn from each other, but also be inspired by your mother in a sort of professional capacity, I think is something that is, you know, that will, that's a a game changer. Yeah. And it's, I mean, obviously, because being your mother, she knows what you're like. So for her to be like, Alex, you are good at communicating. You can do this. It must like, that would have been great. And like, you would have really understood both on like personal and like a career level as well. Yeah, I think that's pretty powerful. And I think she knows, you know, my brother is very artistic and very sensitive and he's a great, sweet, kind, funny people person, but he's also has a great eye and he's become a photographer. Mm -hmm. He not only photographs the models, the product shots, the campaigns, but also the animals when we go out Mm -hmm. to see them in the wild. Um, And he's got a wonderful eye, really has been a key part of the image making of the company. And of course, Olivia, with whom she started the company, my sister is really in tune with creativity and formulas, amazing at color Mm. and trends and creates all the new color collections with a a really very capable team we have here in the office and is always sort of been the eye of the image as well, the creative director. Mm -hmm. So the three of us need each other, but we don't do the same thing so we respect yeah. each other there's no sibling arguments in the office throwing yeah. throwing sort of shoes at <laughs> each other or anything like that <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I think I tried to ask my brother once when he was an intern for us like to get coffee he's like you get coffee and I was like, okay <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> you understand yeah uh that I mean working with your siblings is a different league of I don't know I couldn't I don't know if I could do it <laughs> I don't know I think I'd be like what do you mean you're late and then there'd be a really stressy and yeah so that you're working with your mom you're working with your siblings that's that's uh I take my hat off to you that's but there's also giggles right like you know the way you laugh with your sister you just like someone says you just can't stop laughing you're stuck in the meeting you're like oh god this is so (laughs) it's it's fun and we we definitely I have a dog that's sort of a family dog that's here um and we can take a break sit on the couch and just chat about real life and then go back to work and so it makes it very comfortable and human at the same time i i I miss the days they're not in the office honestly it's really it's it's more fun when they're here and you did a bit of a spritz a facial spritz what what were you spraying then i'm intrigued rose water our hand harvested rose water yeah it's actually empty i haven't used it so much it's at my counter during covid with being home on our computers we all just sort of gobbled up rose water because it's really nice when you're stuck in front of a screen Mm -hmm. for hours and your face is just a little bit hot or dry Mm -hmm. from the computer radiation and sort of the blue light really that you're getting from it Mm -hmm. this really calms it and just it's sort of like putting lip balm on dry lips versus just licking them it really does bring Mm -hmm. moisture into the skin and a lot of vitamin c and it smells delicious for this real roses can you spray it over your foundation there's a, can I spray my... it through the computer to you? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> can you give me a spritz? It's pretty early. Yeah. I'm it looks bit, so refreshing. I'm a at bit the jet lag, so I need something to wake me up. <laughs> you can definitely spritz it over your foundation. We uh, we always talk about. Um, actually, we have a, a lovely partner. Um, she's Australian, a makeup artist, Campbell Ritchie, that we work with, and she's. Um, we were just chatting about how she's been doing a lot of future skin on you know the black red carpet and for various events, Renny Fair and the various parties and um, during the award shows. 
And people have been saying, can you touch up my future skin, my foundation? And she goes and checks them like maybe <laughs> even after lunch, after the photo, middle of the photo shoot or in the back backstage. And she's like, you don't need a touch up. You look so good. It's all perfect. I'm just going to spray rose water just to give you a little <laughs> bit more hydration and, and dewiness. So it's um, definitely something that you can put over a foundation, at least Shantika, you know, maybe not a powder, but certainly a yeah. gel like foundation, which our future skin is all about. Well, it's good that you mentioned future skin because we've got a lot of questions about that and how oh, popular, really? well, yeah, and how popular it's been. Yeah, you go, yes, Zara. I know. So, yeah. I mean, it's been a favorite almost everyone who has ever worked at Mecca. But with future skin and appearing on Euphoria, that HBO show, do you feel that yeah. impact straight away? Because it was a, it was a great product on its own, but after it, you know being known it was That's on that. That's funny thing. Yeah. And it's, it's euphoria. Yes, exactly. So future skin, we started or mom and Livia before I even joined, we started the line with future skin foundation. And it was always this sort of cornerstone of, again, that touchable, breathable, very good for you sort of feeling foundation that you almost need to look in the mirror to make sure it's still there. You know, like at three o'clock, you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. but then you look in the mirror, like I look good. I look fine. It's, you don't feel it. It's amazing. And I always, have always said that to clients, even in store, like before I show you the mirror, I want you to tell me, like, close your eyes. How do you feel? Mm. And then they say, I feel good, you know, I feel great. And then it's, how do you look? I I love it. Hopefully I look great. (laughs) If you you say first, how do you look? And then how do you feel? You know, it's sort of a different part of your brain that Mm -hmm. kicks in. And and if you look good, but you don't feel good, you're just going to say, yes, yes, yes. Hop out of the chair and just scrub it off. You know, the second you get home, that's not what we want. We want it to be a part of your everyday life and really comfortable. So it's always been that kind of foundation and also covering and working with your skin tone really beautifully um, and, uh, and covering and building, but again, being that jellified water. Yeah. So it has always represented that for the last 20 or so years. And then, so what's happened with euphoria, this really, you know, very exciting show. We were part of the makeup artist, Danny Devi's um, makeup kit, the first season a few years ago, mm-hmm. we have a great relationship with her. And so um, it was sort of under the radar, but it was definitely part of that sort of makeup trailer. And then this year during the euphoria really, really blew up popularity wise mm-hmm. as a show. Um, there was like a TikTok that someone <laughs> did walking through that makeup trailer indicating like, most of the actresses really don't want to wear makeup. They're younger and they want to have like a very fresh face, but some of them are using makeup but to still have that no makeup, makeup look yeah. to almost look like they're not wearing any. And so when they do wear makeup, it's, and she shows like all future skin of Shantikai and like big uh, bin, all the different shades and you can see it upside down. And that was it. It was just like this little mm. whisper, you know, like, Soup, it's this. That got picked up. and <laughs> As it does. Um, it's unbelievable, and this right? Is it. This is the TikTok it's thing. It's wild. You can't really plan for these things no. and you can't, I mean, you can seed influencers and all that stuff, but when it's really viral, it just has like an yeah. energy of its own. And so what I, so then from there, various TikTokers, they're like, did I just spend $120 for a foundation that I, on a show that I've never even watched? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> you sound just like the TikTokers. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. It got picked up in Spanish, you know, there, and the big thing is that because it was about a breathable finish and no makeup, makeup, they really kept saying like, well, let's see, does it look like my skin? Mm -hmm. Does it feel like my skin? And can my skin breathe? Is it comfortable? And that's what was really fun that the TikTokers were like, oh yeah. Okay. This is looking (laughs) good. Look at this. Looks amazing. You can't really tell, but it looks like my skin. It looks like my skin. And then they're like, it feels so good. 
I feel amazing. And, and even these TikTokers, you know, we're a very natural looking makeup, but they went for it. Like they would do the foundation, then they would blink and they would have like the before yeah. and after. Yeah, like Kat Von D looking makeup. You're like, whoa. And it was really, of course, we love everyone to use this as a base. So it was really fun to see how it was grabbed on by a variety, like major yes. makeup queens, right? And so, the, and they would call it the mayonnaise foundation because it has a jellified, you know, like if you pick it up and hold it upside down, mm. it won't plop out. It's really very kind of lovely and holds itself. It's a lot of that seaweed and sort of mm. the jellification of it um, makes it so refreshing. And so they got everything. That's what I was so excited about. It wasn't like they took it and ran with it and were like, this is a heavy, thick foundation. You know, it's all yeah. about coverage. Like they got that it was what we've been talking about without us even telling them yeah, or, or, you know, paying them by any means. So it was very cool. So what we got as a result, I'd say, when you ask about like the effect is a huge influx of younger customers, yeah. someone you know, watching the show, right? So physically we saw them in stores as well as, online and they were like 24, 26, 27 and sort of saying, I'm looking for that mayonnaise foundation. <laughs> Which literally is said the mayonnaise foundation. Yeah, it has that like jelly, like sheen in I it. I love it. I actually took um, oh, one of my um, great mates into Mecca and she's a real no makeup person in general. And she was like, you know, she wanted something but didn't really want something and didn't know where to start. And actually one of the store hosts in the Mecca store was like, Listen, this is where we're gonna start. This is the this is Shantakai. It's so you're gonna love it. It's not gonna be suddenly you're going from zero to a hundred in terms of coverage when you've never really worn foundation right. before. And yes. she was blown away because she could use it. She wasn't scared about it. It didn't change her, mm. but it made her feel just so much mm. like more confident and better in her skin. Yeah. And and I think that uh, that was like a um, a bit of a mind blowing moment for her. And it was really like impactful to see. And um, it's a yeah, great it, name as well. Yeah. Skin. Yeah, exactly. It is the future of your skin. And it's also about what it, your skin can become because it, it the seaweed helps with bringing dry skin up into a little bit of a natural balance of getting a little bit more oil into your skin and oily skins, mitigating the overproduction so that you don't become too oily. So it kind of brings you into homeostasis. So it does change as a treatment, the sort of the way your skin performs and, and feels. So I think there is that future of your skin, but yeah, it's, it's really good for people who never want to wear, who don't wear, or even people over COVID um, lockdown who stopped wearing foundation who are mm -hmm. like, maybe I don't need as much anymore. So this would be a good kind of way to bring yeah. a little bit more coverage the because it's buildable. Course. You just yeah. do where you want, like under your how, eyes, your red spots. How do you use it personally? I definitely um, like to put on sometimes the anti-pollution mattifying primer mm -hmm. first underneath to kind of have, which is sort of this little tube to kind of hold it, but also minimize oiliness, um, especially in the city. Now that I'm back in New York City working and I kind of want to make sure I'm repelling any nasties out of my skin. <laughs> so I'll put that on like first and then I'll um, layer with the masking foundation brush, which is just any kind of wet bristled brush mm -hmm. that's sort of a synthetic. So not a sponge, not a beauty blender. A sponge would absorb too much because it is so water-based. Yeah. You would lose all of that formula into the sponge. So you could use fingers, but it'll take a while. You could sort mm -hmm. of perfect maybe with fingers. But so the masking or foundation brush, we, we call it for both because you can also mask with our creams with it. But a foundation brush across and sort of like hash, hash marks and sort of angles 
and not slopping on a lot at once because then that's where you feel like you have too much you should build to get to the point that you write right coverage and right feel and with um euphoria and obviously watching all those tiktoks and thinking whoa those are those are kind of quite strong looks um did it yeah. remind you a of your like sort of childhood trying on those quite yeah. dramatic looks and yeah. did you did you sort of dig out those <laughs> dig out those sort of pictures from the past and recreate them in the future we uh, we didn't have a lot of cameras back then thank god <laughs> i I think what's so fun is that it's all about drama, you know, like you can put a blue eyeliner underneath your whole lid under your eye. And then you, you could just do a, a sort of vertical line of red, you know, in the middle of your eye, like there is no rule. And I think it's about, you know what it did make me do. It made me buy a book on tribes and endangered. Mm-hmm. I found it on like a, a thrift site, endangered people, not endangered species, but endangered tribes. And I think the fun of what tribes people across from the Eskimos to Mayorians to across Africa and um, New, Papua New Guinea, the way that they play with their features. Yes. And that Amazing. for me is like authentic cosmetics, right? It's like yeah. really original makeup and the, the Ethiopians with the dots of clay. And I think um, th- that's what it made me think of just it's not, you know, there's a way to make yourself look more like yourself and more mm-hmm. natural and sort of the better version of a pretty version of yourself, but there's also the theatrics of it. Um, so yeah, it made me remember sort of what the original idea of, of cosmetics is. Mm, yeah, the of, purpose of it. Yeah, and yeah. the fun that you can have with it yes. as well. So now after Future Skin, Alex, what are your big bets on the next product from Shantakai that's really going to excite people? The, um, yeah, it's funny you say that. So we're really seeing that Radiance Elixir, which is this sort of, um, it can be a cosmetic that improves the radiance of your skin, but it also is an element like droplets Mm -hmm. that you can put into your foundation to make it more radiant and more sort of iridescent and also give that all over glow and more of a permanent glow, not just like the moment it's on. That is something that we're seeing because we're selling it with, the future skin and yeah. we're sort of seeing people really respond to how it brings redness down and also it has this really funny like kind of it helps you look it's crazy to say but it helps you look more awake mm-hmm. in the every morning so then when we're younger you know you look fine at 18 when you roll out of bed but it takes when you're 30 40 maybe your second cup of coffee at like 9 10 a.m you look a little bit more awake 11 you look fine but right at 7.30, you don't look so fresh. And I think, so this idea is it's a skin awakening peptide that the mm-hmm. more you wear it, the more depuffed and open mm-hmm. and circulated your eyes look. So I like to use this radiance elixir at night as actually as not just even with cosmetics, but the more you wear it, so if you are at night and also during the day with your foundation, you're going to have your eyes look that much more oh, awake wow. and more okay, rested. I'm sold looking. on that. But yeah. I love how there's <laughs> this, yeah, there's this sort of new demi category that's it's between skincare and makeup where it's skincare but with the sort of makeup properties or makeup with skin properties and I think Chantakai does oh, a lot that. of that yeah yeah just skin or anti um anti-smog SPF 15 tinted moisturizer just skin is a huge example of that it's always been this trifecta of tinted moisturizer a very sort of lightweight foundation as well as the SPF and a um anti-smog complex that really helps with sort of city pollution so it's always been that with butterfly bush and sort of a honey like elixir and rosemary helping to be an antioxidant and soothing the skin. 
we would like to make our products wear a lot of hats mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, you can't, like our mascara. Our mascara is an amazing example. Our longest lash formula, it's all infused with rose water. Yeah. It smells lovely. It's really good for like antibacterial effect to the eye, but also it has a peptide that makes your lashes grow 14 percent. Um, after 14 days of like every day, you know, weekend makeup we're talking. So two weeks nose to tail, you will get a 25% increase in the quantity of lashes and oh. the length lashes so they how does that work that's pretty special your face definitely perked up I know I was like oh I'm in yeah and you don't need an extra product right it's It's merged into your like mascara that you're going to be using every day anyway so it's it's one of our top selling mascaras it is and it's not cheap you know it's it's in it's in the 80s or 90s but it it, because it merges that peptides you're not using a separate product Mm -hmm. and also it has such an impact. It works. People see, I see it bump up my lashes to my eyeglasses or my sunglasses. And so we really like, and that took about 18 months, you know, to, mm-hmm. to almost two years to formulate because we need to get these things perfect. And we really ask them to wear a lot of hats. Their products. Yeah, we don't yeah. have one trick pony. They so. work hard. So you guys, you guys have been busy then. This is like, there's no <laughs> slowing down for Shantakai. No. Yeah. We launched about two products in skincare a season so four to three a year in new skincare innovation and we're always gobbling up new peptides mm. new ingredients in the industry um, we have an amazing phd who works in-house who worked on the fabricating side the production side of the laboratories before and now is in-house with us so she has access to a lot of this knowledge and what's mm. being worked on in factories sort of before other brands grab it um we launch four to five color collections a year so it's constant you're, you know, you're always working forward and having fun with um, novel, very sort of what's, you know, what, do, not just what do women want, but how do the products work best into the skin? Yeah. So innovative innovation and then philanthropy, right? We're really keen on supporting philanthropy. So um, giving back always and, and talking about ways in which we can impactfully bring stories of far flung destinations of the Amazon or the American wild west or, the Kenyan wildlife area to people's homes and the bathrooms effectively through the I love that. that's amazing I mean actually your environmental philanthropy is incredibly important and um and with that like how how where and how did that start in terms of whose passion was it that sort of led you into that space it's definitely Sylvie that's definitely our mothers she as we were all passionate about animals we all love the planet and we're so it's in step with who we are as a family, but it really was her brainchild. She sort of saw to bring it into the company, right? Mm-hmm. To the formula, the products. She saw in like the oh, 2005 or 06, she noticed in her own backyard in East Hampton, Long Island, that she was not seeing as many monarch butterflies that normally would come through um, her garden that summer. And she did some research and she, of course, as she is, she's scientific, she deep dives into everything. And so she really went all the way and she found this, um, this sort of source of the path of the butterfly, which starts in the parts of Mexico and really goes along the coast of California, ultimately to the Pacific Northwest or into Canada, but yes, flows all around, but the major migratory path is that Western channel of the US or the Americas that was thrown off balance because of elements of global warming, things that were growing too soon so that when they got there, it had already withered and so they Mm. couldn't put their chrysalis on it, but also felling of trees in the area of Mexico where there was a sort of this over lumbering down of this wild forest that was naturally where the butterfly started its path, its life's path, um, was being used for local people to be able to make homes and livable areas for them, which 
of course we need, and there's always that balance of wild and, and humanity, mm-hmm. but it, the need to replant the yeah. um, areas where the tree, you know, where the butterfly naturally lived was important. So mom was able to, with the palette she produced, she produced three different eyeshadows that were gorgeous, sort of baked in um, three ways of color for um, butterflies was able to raise $25,000 with the sale of those shadow collections. And it was, you could say it's a little bit, not very much now, but it made the, they just fell off their chair. They'd never seen so much money. And it was really the beginning of her seeing mm-hmm. the impact that they could replant these very important areas for the for the monarch to sort of regrow. Mm-hmm. And then understood that press was interested. Customers looked, gobbled it up. You know, people were saying, well, what's the next animal? And she's like, whoa, okay, this thing that I love can actually be used in my company to generate more information and, yeah. and empower people to learn more. So it just sort of went, as we say, like the, the thread through the needle, it just were, it sort of evolved quite naturally because then we did ocean studies and were invited by the Pew Institute for Ocean Science to kind of learn about coral studies. And, um, and then we presented one year to this group of very scientific people who are very, you know, <laughs> serious and sort of have to validate everything. And we just showed up like these three girls in cosmetics saying, well, we got all this great press. You know, our coral collection was in Vogue and Marie Claire and did events in Australia and uh, Europe and big takeovers in New York. And they were like, oh, and they just stood in line after like, well, I have, a, you know, the blue whales we could talk about. And then could you talk about my vaquitas and the Mexico, mm. talk about my dolphins? And so we got started to have this beautiful Rolodex of really authentic, really well-known in the bush kind of, or in the, in the waters, let's say Mm -hmm. people doing the work directly. And we always joke, we never want to put money towards the water cooler. So if you have a footprint in Washington, DC, we probably will bypass you because we want to go right to the people doing the work in the field. And we really created a beautifully legitimized Rolodex of true scientists that we work with. That's incredible. And what a story as well, like actually how how a bit of a that sort of um, business purpose has grown and, and, and business passion has grown into something which is so impactful and gives back. But also is two point tells those stories in a way which people can really um, play in and, and, and be involved in and learn from as well. So I think I love we that. Always say, we always want to make people depressed. Right. So we're not trying to make you bummed out when you yeah. leave the counter. Like, oh, my God, the world's ending. Like, we want we want you to see a lipstick and go, wow, why is there an elephant on that case? You know, yeah. I mean, it's, you can pick a great red lipstick, but maybe a little bit more can happen at that conversation exactly. too. And you learn. So it's about empowering. And we always think if you speak to a woman, she speaks to her children. She speaks to her girlfriend. She speaks to her, you know, her siblings, she speaks to her partner. She's, she's at the table discussing these things. And it's sort of that community and that yeah. sense of knowledge is power and educating people and making them feel like, wow, I learned something today. And then I'm going to take this even further. So a lot of people took it upon themselves to donate to adopt an elephant, mm. quote unquote, in yeah. um, with the children trust in Nairobi and in Kenya because it was very palpable. You know, they would they could see like we were doing if they wanted to do it themselves. So they take it they, the year we started our partnership with Sheldrick, they said we never gotten quite so many personal donations Brilliant. as it, when we had done it because so many people took it on yeah. themselves. Wow. Keep going. Because it just piques the interest for them as well. It makes them ask questions. Yeah, and I think it's it further. exactly. It's sometimes that like, you know, that sort of reminding something. Yeah. It, it, there's more to it. And actually, Jo, our founder, would ha- has this saying where she says, a lipstick is a lipstick is a lipstick. 
it's only a lipstick and and she explains it. it's only a lipstick until you until you tell the story of the lipstick and the sort of what it can do how it can make you feel what's the story behind it It, otherwise it's only a lipstick and actually that I think is so so important that sort of bringing something to life and either how to wear it how to use it or why or the purpose behind it I think takes that lipstick from just being a lipstick into something which is, has this power. So it's um it's a great way of looking at sort of the cosmetics world as well. Exactly. It's all about story. And it's if you're going to make something, make it really different and fun and engaging. And and that's what we like to do. We're, you know, our tagline is wild about nature. So it's like we said earlier, it's wild about <sighs> natural ingredients. It's wild about touchable nature, natural look. And it's wild about giving back to nature. So you know, when our lipstick has like a giraffe mm. on the packaging, mm-hmm. you might go, why is there a giraffe? Or this one has a butterfly. And we helped replant wild flowers that were part of the pollinators in parts of California. We bought 150 hectares for a group of shaman, female-led shamans in Ecuador with, it, with our bunnies raised from the hummingbird collection that was able to really be the representative of the Amazon and as a hummingbird and also this is a literal purchase of the land that they now have under their belt. So it's not just the spiritual owners, it's the legitimate legal mm. modern owners that they get to be, which is really exciting. So for us, it's about keeping wild places wild. Mm-hmm. And we're never talking about animals in a zoo. It's always about them in the wild, but yeah. you need the space, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. an elephant needs migratory paths and um, the butterfly needs wild flowers and things to drink upon and stop for pollination, you know, and to get all the nectar. So it is that balance. And, Honestly, what's funny in the beginning, people were like animals, you know, what about children or women's issues? And of course, all those matter Mm -hmm. so much, but other companies do them well and you don't want to take away their fire or their power by doing it not as well. So you have to do what matters to you and your passion. And for us, it always felt like if the animal doesn't have a voice, we want to be its voice. But also if it's not doing well, that means the planet's not doing well. And guess what? We're next in line, not doing well. You know, it's one place. So I think people have caught up to that idea. And it's, um, it's really exciting to see people go, what is the next animal? Or, you know, I'm, I'm at a library, a museum, a <laughs> product, one to wear and one to never touch because it's so beautiful. And, and they really love the sort of the, the reasons behind it. And that's really the, the most ex- exhilarating part. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, so this year is our 25th anniversary of Mecca. So you've been with, Chantika has been with Mecca for many, many years. We'd love yeah. to. We'd love to ask, what were you like at the age of 25? What advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? Gosh, I would probably make sure I went to sleep washing my face, not just sort of <laughs> dancing on tables and going to bed and falling asleep. I was very, um, yeah, I think I definitely wasn't thinking about my skin well enough. And I would definitely use more more neck cream and more hand cream and oh. get your hand out of that's so sun. true. The neck cream. Yeah, I think you think those things don't matter because you don't see the the need for it. But it's it's almost when it's too late, it's too late. Um, yeah. I think um, I don't know. I think twenty five years ago, just knowing it'll all work out. You know, like don't stress. It's a, you know everything's okay. And and I think um, no, you know feeling a little bit more secure and in my boots and more confident would have been nice to have felt a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm that no one has it better. I think, you know, we always had sort of a sense of, you know, maybe FOMO or, you know, I I need to be living that life. But now I'm very comfortable with my life and happy. And I think we all have our own paths and grass isn't always greener. Yeah, that's a great bit of advice. 
Because I do think 25 is that kind of pivotal age, isn't it? It was like, whoa, some people are going that direction, others are going there. Which one do I take? It's like, Bruh. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and I'm sure it's worse now with Instagram or social yeah. media. And everyone sees that, oh my gosh, their life is so much better. So I think I think there's a bit of a boomerang now, people going, it's not better. It's all sort of for show. So I think just knowing you do you um, and it doesn't mean you have to um, do what others think is right. You know, I think some people took on relationships too, you know, thought that was what they should do mm-hmm. and stuck through it. So um, yeah, I think just also... I have always appreciated older people. I've always listened to my grandparents. I've always spent a lot of time with my grandparents. I was lucky to have them live until my last grandmother was 102 when she passed away and learning from them and listening to their, their advice and to just spend time with them. And um, we all get older. I mean, I'm only 45 and make it sound like I'm in the seven, <laughs> but I just, I just think um, it's to appreciate older people. Definitely. I, I and the wisdom I was, and yeah, the sort of experience. Was, yeah. And I was thinking when I see an older woman, you know, like hold the door, make sure she's comfortable. Like we'll all be there. And I just think being more respectful and, and kind to older people, um, not only honoring the youth as if mm-hmm. they're like, you know, they're important to support, but I think to respect that someone's gone through life yes. and just it's not about external beauty all the time. You know, it's about elegance and confidence, of course, but respecting where an older person has been and what they've lived and, and learning from them. I, um, Maybe what I would have done that a little bit more or continued, I don't know, advise, advise other 25 year olds to listen to their grandparents. <laughs> well, I think My grandmother always said, you need to have, you know, like I always loved like people from all different backgrounds. She's like, yeah, but you kind of need to have a similar kind of, you need to align yourself in some ways and sort of definitely, you know, that you kick and scream against them. Or my grandfather was always like, what are you studying our history? That's what you do when you're older. <laughs> you should be like studying medicine or lore, you know, and you're like, oh ground you don't know but they were right you know like they, you have to be, they're always right <laughs> they're always right and that's hindsight for you isn't it well thank you so much Alex we have loved talking to you today um I feel like we have learned so much about nature and you know the world of Shantakai and the euphoria and your yeah. trends and <laughs> that New York influence and the French influence and you know really inspiring so thank you so much thank for talking you. to it's us beautiful note to end on thank you so much well Carla thank you so much for joining us today um, I'm Kate Blythe Chief Marketing Officer and we also have the lovely Zara Wong our Head of Content on the line from Mecca and we are so delighted to have you on our very fun Mecca Talks podcast. So we are big fans of yours and we want to hear everything about your whole world and how you have, I mean, you're, the background you're sitting in today makes me want to just get straight into the fashion because that's looking pretty amazing right there. Um, you're sitting in your closet, I think. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, about Carla. Well, thank you so much for having me, Mecca team. Uh, fabulous for inviting me along. And um, a little bit about me. Well, I have been a designer, a clothing designer, and a stylist and a jewelry designer for most of my adult life. Um, and that's, I was just plugging along, doing that. Uh, and then the pandemic hit. I was in Jaipur, northern Rajasthan. And I was working on the release of my fine jewelry line. Uh, I was there about two weeks 
I had a week to go. And I got a call from home saying, you, you, my husband told me, you better, you better get on the next flight out because they're going to shut down the country. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? I had no idea any of this was going on. I was deep in the weeds of designing the line. And he said, no, 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 you've got to, you, you, this is a serious thing. We don't know what it is, but you, you've got to get home. So I, I took the next flight out and I remember on the plane thinking, well, we're not in Kansas anymore because everybody had a mask on. <laughs> and oh, yeah. yeah, and we went weird times, very right? strange. And um, it was the first time I was underdressed. You know, I didn't have the mask. And so I, uh, I went straight into lockdown from the airport. Wow. That and was... Yeah. yeah, that was two years ago. They're saying like this is the two-year anniversary from when all of that happened. And can you it really, think about- and I'm celebrating that. I'm celebrating the anniversary because I've actually got COVID right now. No, so I'm what a way to celebrate COVID. <laughs> How are you feeling? So there you go. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good. So you know, those all those vaccines help, right? Hundred percent. So thankfully. So Carla, yeah. thinking back two years ago to when pandemic lockdown first started happening how has your world and life changed other than the lockdowns and covid oh love it's changed 180 degrees i can't uh recognize it <laughs> you know i i was uh bringing up children doing a a nice little jewelry line going to market the way it always always done with clothing and whatnot and then i sat in my closet for about two weeks not my closet, it was the bedroom at that point, watching Netflix. And, and, and I just decided, no, this is not for me. I can't just sit here. I don't know how long this is going to go on for. And I had none of my tangible, creative outlets. I didn't have fabrics. I didn't have stones. I didn't have metals. I didn't have anything on hand that used to take me away from whatever was going on in my brain because I do I do believe that I believe that all women need something a respite whatever it may be something that they mm. love to do yeah, an outlet an outlet that yeah. that stops the noise of everything else even if it's just for a half an hour a day and so I had my my cavernous <laughs> closet of baubles, bangles, <laughs> bracelets, and you, you name it. Um, I had a, an iPhone and I had my son who was sequestered with me and was forced to teach mom how How to, old is your son? He's 17 now. He was 16 at the time. And I said, will you teach me how to yeah. use iMovie? And well, that was funny. But I ended up really enjoying the editing process. That's my favorite part of the work now because it's actually tangible. Yeah. I can sit there and And that's when you move. can form it. I didn't it. realize how creative that Yeah, you can oh, form yeah. it then. Yeah. And I, I just went along for about nine months doing these YouTube longer format videos. Um, and then I got better at the editing. I more friends started watching but then about nine months later we went on to TikTok somebody put me on it was Nate my son put me on TikTok and I went viral and it was such a silly thing to go viral over really at the end of the day I was feeling bloated I was I feeling gross genius 
Well, I didn't mean it. I mean, I didn't do it on yeah, purpose. It's not something you plan for, right? It's not on your not like at all. list of goals 2020, what to do, must go viral. I mean, I was just, we were going for dinner. It was one of our first dinners. Nine months later, we were being released. And I was feeling like bloated. And that's exactly what I said on the video. I'm bloated and I'm tired, but I have to go out for dinner tonight because we made plans. <laughs> And I got dressed and I filmed it. And I went from 91 followers to 250,000 in a week. What? And yes. That's crazy. And then it went from there. I love that though. And so where are you now, follower wise? I think on TikTok, I met it, but well, see now, once you hit a million, it's really tricky if you're not a mathematician because it doesn't show you like, I used to be able to see the little numbers going by. You can't see that anymore. Yeah. Now, well, now the number's too big. It's not showing you. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess I'm I'm over a million on on TikTok, and uh, my other platforms are growing steadily. I have an interesting bird's eye view of social media. I think being 54 years old and this happening at this stage in the game. Because I, I seem to attract women of a very broad demographic. My age range of women who follow me are really from teens all the way up to 70s, which is amazing. It, that is my, the biggest pleasure mm -hmm. about what has happened for me is that I'm able to touch, teach, but learn from all different age groups of women, not just my own little, you know, five to 10 year group. And I read an interview where you said that a friend had told you that if you combine your skills, combine your hobby and combine something about giving back or community, that that's it. Had you ever done that in the past or was this the first time? It's, it's so interesting that you bring that up because I believe that she was a catalyst to my, um, I don't know if you want to call it blossoming. I don't know what else you want to call it. <laughs> it's so silly. I mean, at the end of the era. day, it's just social media. <laughs> Emergence. But, but really, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but really, I think she taught me this amazing that I think it should be taught in school to every kid, which is... We all come on this earth, to this earth, blessed with certain talents that nobody else has. Nobody, not one other person can manifest your talents the way you can based on your background and your parents and your socioeconomic and whatever it may be that has formed that. So only you have that. If you're an artist, there are a million other artists, but only you have that little bit that's yours. And so if yeah. you can, if you can take mm -hmm. your education and what you've been trained to do and then take your hobbies, what you love to do, and then take your community, the hole there that's needing to be filled and you can find that point of convergence, that's your mm -hmm. biggest sense of happiness and success. As a um, 54 year old woman who has come into all of these very, you know, sort of platforms which are go go viral for that sort of younger generation you've broken through that 
and you've had so much success. How does that make you feel in terms of representation as well? Because I think that's such a strong sort of powerful moment as well to have such immense following from the ages of 16 to 70. I think there's a responsibility there. I think it's um, it's absolutely a gift and a blessing to, to have been able to come out with what I love and have people accept it. But because I get to see the comments um, and each platform has very specific ones, I get to understand the psyche behind the age groups. Like the, the TikTok girls, a lot of them are between 24 and 35, around there, and some are younger, but you know, and, and some older, uh, but for the, the most part. And a lot of them say, thank you for teaching me that there's life after 25. Yeah. <laughs> it was shocking to me. So and scary. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Girls, wake up. It only gets better if you're able to harness your health, okay, and take care of yourself, then it only gets better. And um, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that they hear that from me on that platform. And then on Instagram and on Facebook, there's more of the, you know, thank you for pushing me out mm. of my bed. Thank you mm. for, you know, forcing me to put on a lipstick. Thank you for, for not forcing me to wear beige all day long. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I can't see any beige in that closet behind you. There's not one single piece well, of and beige. Well, you know, I, I do. It is colorful, bright, yeah, confident. Well, and you know, it's funny because I do love a good black and I do love a good neutral and I love minimalism, but nobody's going to put me in a box. Like, why should I be defined yeah. as such? I am not minimalist. I'm not maximalist. I am whoever I want to be that day when I wake up. And that's like the great thing about fashion and beauty is that you can choose who you want to be or how you want to look. And it's not about just having one look. And I think that's why your TikToks or YouTubes have resonated because you, you're so playful and it's so joyful and you experiment. But I love how you break it down, how, you know, you're like, these gold knee-high boots are a staple. And I was like, gold knee-high boots are a staple. And I think you just... <laughs> you know, open up people's, you open up people's minds in that way in self-expression. Yeah, thank you. I've, I've never, you know, when I was designing a line, even back in the day in school, when they taught you how to do it and how to use those building blocks to design a line, I was never very good at that because I don't design my basics out. I designed my showstoppers in. And I mean, you've talked about how you've like honed your skills and honed your hobby. And, you know, you've always had them and it's not like going on TikTok gave you these skills. You've always had them in the beginning. Like Carla Rockmore's always in Carla Rockmore. How did you hone them? You know, my friends who've watched this process have been saying to me that this is not a surprise to them that this was an inevitable thing that it might not have manifested in social media if it hadn't have been the pandemic. But I have obviously been using the same skills over and over again um, in different formats. I did a lot of Dress for Success seminars when I was working for the, um, I remember I did a whole group of law students 
who were um, just coming out of articling, like they were just they were just coming out of their sweatpants after years in the universities. Uh, I would do the Comfort Pedic Slipper on HSN on occasion, you know, the Canadian HSN. So I've always been dabbling in the performative arts, if one can call it that. I had my skills as a designer. I know how to manufacture clothes. I know how to make them and I know how to sell them because after I cut and sewed and sent them overseas to be manufactured, I would sell them to the buyers. So you had to stand up in front of a group of 12 and show the line. So I had honed my skills this whole time. The only thing I didn't hone was my um, comedy. And I love being funny. I love making people laugh. I was actually thinking about going into stand-up before any of this happened. But then I chickened Like Miss Maisel. Yeah, I chickened out. I completely chickened out. But you never know. This is a good intersection of it then. You've got, you know, your skills as a designer and the comedy side and the performative side. And you can always practice your comedy on your family, right? So that they're the audience. Oh, I do. Hone your skill with them. <laughs> no, I was in the car. I was 16 years old. I was learning to drive. My mother was teaching me. And I said, you know, Mom, I think I want to be an actress. And she said, oh, don't be silly. You can't, you, you, you'll, you'll, it's best if you just marry a dentist, like not even a doctor. God forbid there's a house call. Had to be a dentist. I'm like, eh, I don't think that's for me. But she scared me enough to like step back and think about making a living. So I parlayed that creative energy into fashion design, which... Mm -hmm. I loved because I loved to dress myself at the time. You know, I was always the craziest one in school in terms of the look. And I used those, I just sort of maneuvered it in that direction. So it's somewhat come full circle a little bit. I love that. And how about your sort of your beauty over the, all of those years as well? How has that changed? Like, what has your beauty look sort of evolved into now? Because we're seeing you on screen today and you've got the red lip and you've got your natural curls. And how, have, how has that evolved over time? Well, the curls have really evolved because I would do a blowout <laughs> every, you know, every three days for about 15 oh, years really? until the pandemic. Oh, yeah. I liked my hair straight and smooth. I always thought it was much prettier that way, other than when I was a kid. But then I couldn't get there to get a blowout because the whole world was locked down. So I had to embrace the curls. And then the whole thing, the whole thing changed. Now I'm really enjoying it. I think a lot, I think a lot about the pandemic has changed my beauty routine. Mm. How about you yeah, guys? Yeah, definitely. But, oh, I think definitely. I think, you know, without a question. Is like, I don't are. do my eyebrows anymore. Yeah, I, you know, I used to get them done. And now it's like, that's something you can forego. I used to, religiously. <laughs> Every two and a half weeks, I would go and have them threaded because God forbid I should have them waxed and like a little skin stretch. So I would have them threaded. And now it's like, oh, yeah. right, I'll pluck one or two here <laughs> it's more as natural. they go along. <laughs> but um, like, you know, with your curls, I love how, you know, with curls, it, it changes the silhouette of your whole outfit, your whole look. You know, whether you have it up or where you have it, have it out, it's different. So how do you 
think about how like your beauty look works with your fashion or vice versa? I think the hair is a little much sometimes because I am over the top with my clothing. I do like to wear my hair back in some sort of bun or not. I'm, I'm more comfortable with this look, a cleaner look uh, than this fuzz. Um, so I temper it depending on the outfit. But at the same time, it, it seems to be very um, called for lately since the whole Carrie Bradshaw thing. Yeah. So because there's a correlation between mm -hmm. her hair and mine, I guess. So there was there was that. I sort of got trained to really embrace it, embrace the curl, but embrace it. Yeah. But I did it um, yeah. straight again a couple of days ago on my own. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> with straightening creams and whatnot and the, the curly brush and the whole thing. And I looked like Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. <laughs> it was just like a fuzzy triangle, straight fuzzy triangle. But then I slept <laughs> on it and the next day I ironed it. Oh, yes. Was, yeah, that's what my mum used to do in the 60s. She used to iron her Right? Hair. And it worked out so much more beautifully after mm. I'd slept on it for a night. So there's the trick. It's like relax into it. And yeah, like, do you, I mean, can you learn this on TikTok? You could put, learn this on TikTok. That's what's amazing about it. You can just watch a video and it will teach you how to do a whole new hairstyle. Yes, I think so. So Carla, your, your comment as well about being Carrie, the sort of, you know, the sort of real life version of Carrie Bradshaw. Um, when, when was that sort of moniker thrown around? And how did that make you feel? Because obviously Carrie Bradshaw had her resurgence in, in you know, the recent series, which is super exciting. Did that kind of re, you know, re sort of inflame your passion for that era of dressing for yourself and, and having that real empowered view of being female? And also, um, you know, obviously that was a collection of women in their 50s getting back out there. How did that make you feel to be kind of aligned with that? Well, I loved it. I mean, at the end of the day, I felt extremely validated <laughs> when I was called Carrie Bradshaw on TikTok. Not so much because the character of Carrie and myself are similar, but more because the stylist, Patricia Field, who is uber talented and did the original um, Sex in the City. When I saw that show in the 90s, and I saw that shrunken football t-shirt with a ball gown skirt, you know, some sort of tool huge. I was like, I'm home. I had always dressed and still do with that kind of tension in a look. I enjoy juxtaposing feminine and masculine, sporty and glam whatever it may be. I'll rarely put on, you know, a very feminine cocktail dress and do a sexy little pump. I'll probably lean towards a, a chunky platform because I think that the, the style is more important than the fashion. And that blend makes it really interesting to the eye too, because it's like that unexpected surprise in it. Right. It's like sweet and sour meatballs. Mm. Right? It's like... <laughs> Sweet and sour meatballs. Salted caramel. It's like, the, it's a mix. It's right. Right. I, we just went, uh, my son's looking at universities and we went for lunch up north and 
I ordered a, a green apple and brie cheese sandwich. And he said, ew. And I said, no, you have to try. Because it's the salty brie mm. against the, the sour of the apple. And he loves it. Yeah. And you, so there you go. It's like you've got, if you have the sweetness of one, <laughs> it brings out the saltiness of the other and vice versa. It's the same with I think so. how you dress and how you express yourself. <laughs> Were you always this bold with fashion and self-expression, even from a young age? Or was there a moment where you were more, you know, less so, and then really like made it? I think for sure in my teens in high school, I was an absolute follower. I was so afraid to step outside the box and be in any way different from any of the other girls in school. But as soon as I hit my early 20s and I started going into design school, I became more who I am. And since then, it's always kind of been, I just don't question, I, I don't try and be over the top. And a lot of the times I'm not over the top. I have some beautifully classic looks that I lean into. Um... But I, I do tend to, you know what it is? I enjoy the art of self-expression through clothing. And I recognize that you are creating an image or a, you're telling people who, who you feel like that day without words. And I find that interesting. So I've always leaned into it. Carla, where do you film all these TikToks? Is it within your closet? Is there, is there somewhere that you have as your like set at home? Where do you feel, where can you get into that creative space to kind of bring everything to life? I mean, 90% is in my closet because I'm getting dressed to go somewhere. So I'm just filming it as I go along. I should probably be a little more methodical about it in the sense that I should think like, well... You know, I feel badly. People are like, you know, please tell me what the essentials are that you need in your wardrobe. And I'm like, oh, God, everything. You know, <laughs> no, or please, you know, you know, what are the top trends? I just, if it excites me, I shoot it. So I, I just, I, I just, the inspiration comes from something that tweaks my interest. For example, I fell in love with the new Valentino Spring 2022 collection with all the stripes. Mm, and beautiful. I'm obsessed over the multi-stripe Georgette maxi skirt, which I am going to step far and away from because it's about the price of a couch. <laughs> and so I... <laughs> Worth it though. Oh, so, so. And you could, you could line the floor with that skirt on, and, right? And, it, and, <laughs> and it's a forever piece. Like that's the worst thing I can say to my husband is it's a forever piece. <laughs> yeah, cost per wear. Cost per wear every time. <laughs> but I, I refrained and I thought, okay, so I like the challenge. I'm going to find something similar. And I spent a few hours, you know, sort of scope creeping the internet vintage I always go to vintage first because the the Valentino skirt is the let's say the the pinnacle of what I want I, I can find it and I can find it for $156 on Etsy like that's the goal and anyway make a long story short I did find something I'm very very happy with on Poshmark with tags for like 
$200. And after our, our podcast, I'm going to film it. You know, film the journey. Oh, fabulous. You know. Amazing. Are you, do you have it there in your closet right I, now? It's in the other. So we are in the midst of gutting the bathrooms in our home, which is just the best pleasure. The worst. In, yeah. Oh. Oh, best pleasure, but the worst. The worst. And it's even worse because the only way I can get through to my closet is through my master bath. That's the entrance. And so <laughs> I'm very lucky that I have an exterior door and I have to go in and out in my bathrobe 20 times a day to get to my closet. So right now it's hanging in my dining room because I've set up my secondary closet in the dining oh, room. Wow. <laughs> It's just, and, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little bit. Your closet's basically famous now. It had that architectural digest story on it, too. Do you ever think your closet would be the second star? No. And now we can't ever move. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. But it's very tidy as well. How do you, how do you, are you in there all day just tweaking? Well, you know, it's, it's large. So I have the luxury. <laughs> yeah, I have the luxury of keeping it tidy. When things are like more compact, I think things can get a little messy. But here I was able to get all kinds of bins and corners with little like lucite boxes. So I see everything, which is such a gift. I used to run around in my panties for to 17 different closets in my other homes. <laughs> getting dressed and and listen Carlo when you when you think of all those amazing you know followers you've got over a million if you were to say and they were like we I really want to have some fun with my fashion some fun with my beauty looks how would you how, what three piece of, pieces of advice would you give them and how to start and how to kind of come out of their shell and do something different and have a bit of fun what would those three pieces of advice be I think firstly start from the ground up so I would say, choose your favorite style shoe. Is your favorite style shoe a construction boot? Is it a platform heel? Is it a running shoe? Is it a pump? That piece that speaks to you is going to be your foundation. And if you don't have a good foundation, your building's gonna fall down. So just for an example, let's say it's the construction boot. Once you go there, choose something that that juxtaposes against that construction boot. Like, what is the exact opposite something or other that speaks to you? Is it a dress? Is it a skirt? Is it a, a frilly lace blouse? Something feminine to go with that hard boot. Mm. You know, so that you start cultivating. Yeah, you start cultivating your own style. I can't stand it when I hear, oh, knee-high boots are out. What? Or, you know, it's only about the miniskirt. What? That, to me, just means... Says who, yeah. Right. And if you just listen to the doctrine, you have to switch out your wardrobe every season. Mm. And you're just sort of a clothes hanger or rack for somebody else's ideas. So you have to listen to your gut. I would tell somebody to listen to their gut and what makes them smile first. 
If you have a pair mm. of cargo pants I love that. in every single color and every single fabric because it looks good on you and you feel good in it, go ahead. You can make that fashion every season. You can switch it up and be current with that piece, with the other little things, with the accessories. Accessories are the most important thing in a wardrobe. Yeah, they're very underrated. Uh, the yeah, most I love important accessories. Thing. And what is your most cherished piece that you have in your closet, Carla? My kids' little shoes. They're little. You can't, oh, you can't have them all? I've got some of the little shoes. I keep them. Yeah. And I have some teeth. Is that gross? <laughs> With the shoes? I have some of like my long kids. Side I've got the shoes? some teeth. I They're got inside in a little oh, in a little container. That makes sense. Easy yeah. to store. My kids think, <laughs> yeah, my kids think I'm a witch or macabre or whatnot. But their little teeth, terrible. But yeah, those are my favorite things. I've got some little teeth, not mine. Children's little teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, children's little teeth. Is there so anything? Tiny. Is there anything fashion or beauty wise other than embracing your natural colors that you never thought you would partake in, but now do? Yeah, I've started the self tanning. <laughs> Not you never thought you always. Would. No. But now that like I don't know, my legs are as so mm. white. I saw what you said at Isle of Paradise. As, oh, the Isle of Paradise. They're as blue as glow sticks. And really. And so, <laughs> you know, when when I'm on a beach, you've got to get out the sunglasses. Just don't look at the legs. The glare. Right. <laughs> And I tried this Isle of Paradise and I was flabbergasted. It was perfection. I, I don't know. It doesn't smell. I, I'm very happy with it. I don't do it often. Mm, just I don't a little love bit. To, I've actually, just a little bit. I've never actually yeah. faked tan, but people rave about that product because it's so natural and easy to use and it's not like a smelly fake tan product. You put it in your moisturizer. Yeah, the that's how yeah. like I put it in my fake tan, right? Yeah. And you're, you're wearing a classic red lip today. Do you have like the go-to red lip? Because we love a red lip at Mecca and we've been talking a lot about red lips. And for us, like the hunt for the perfect red lip shade for you is like the sort of, you know, holy grail of, of um, lipstick journeys. So where, what do you wear and how did you find it? I have so many, so many red lips. It's like, it's ridiculous. I, I have these, have you ever been to Ikea? They have those mm. uh, architectural drawers, those those long yeah. for drawings. <laughs> so I have two of those for makeup. Wow. I mean, it's ridiculous. But I have been, when I find something that I love, I obsess and I stay with it for a while. So right now it's the Gucci Westman, the palette. Oh, yes. It's mm. so beautiful as well. Four, you know, and it's it's surprisingly it's there. It does not come off. Mm. You know, I just, I love the, all of them other than the last one. The last one is, is too, uh, I'm very pale. So I can't wear a nude natural, Mm -hmm. I'd call it Kim Kardashian, (laughs) you know, look, I'd look like somebody give her a shovel and start digging six feet because it's not going to (laughs) work. Yeah. I need the color. So the Westman, it's the Westman Atelier. Is it the one with the multiple colors in the yes. yeah. palette? Oh, I just love that. It's one of my favorite makeup brands. It's so beautiful. Really? I mean, during the pandemic, it, it really was. I'm all over the place now. With I have certain products that are absolute 
holy grails, the 1.5, the hourglass black little liner. Oh, yes, that really fine mm. one. Super the fine, 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 yeah. fine one. That is like a cult favorite and like people are obsessed because it's so super fine. I buy them in the three pack, but I wear them underneath on the inside waterline. Mm. I find that's one of my yeah. best tricks. Yeah, that's a good if tip. If I'm not wearing any makeup, yeah. just that. Yeah, me too. I love a waterline liner. It's, it's a good look. Yeah. Just a bit of definition. Yeah. Carla, you're probably, are you getting recognized now for being Carla Rockmore? I am. I am. I mean, I obviously am. It's, more it's so in like thing. fashion weeks. I, I saw am. you went to New York yeah. Fashion Week recently, but like if you're going down to the shops, do people stop you and go, excuse me, I think I follow you on TikTok? Yes. Yes, I do get that. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, but it's fine. You know, it's very nice. It's just uh, odd. I went to the Apple store to get a new computer. And you know how when you're in the Apple store, they, they give you your little... Yep. They have their little computer they're holding in their hand, their little phone, and they rarely look up and they're doing all their little orders and they're rarely looking up. And I was with the guy for 45 minutes. He rarely looked up and then there was a little glitch. He had a problem, so he went to get the manager. And so the manager and him, and they were both looking on the little phone and, they, and then they were looking down and up. And then all of a sudden she looked up at me. And was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. She said, are you, the tech, are you the TikTok lady? And I was like, Yes, I am. <laughs> the TikTok lady. <laughs> the TikTok lady. The TikTok lady. Yeah. yeah. That's so, brilliant. Carla, we've got around some quick fire questions that we wanted to sure. ask you. So we can just go really quickly. I think you've seen the questions. Are you ready to go, Kate? I'll start. And I'm sorry, I've got slight, I've got terrible internet issues. So I've got a slight delay. So if, you're, if I'm jumping in, just like um, bear with me. Okay, so Carla. What time do you wake up and what is the first thing you do in the morning? 7 a.m. Brush my teeth. What time do you go to bed and what is the last thing you do at night? 11 p.m. Put on my eye shades and my earplugs. God forbid there's a fire. I'm in real trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so with you there. I have to have like a full big paddy padded one and the earplugs and I'm just like, I have to go into like my own world. Are you a morning person or a night owl? I am so not a morning person. I am a night Seven owl. Seven is pretty good for that then. I know, it's torture. But it's only since this whole thing. Before that, I would sleep till 10. It was, it's torture. Uh, and what is your first ever memory of beauty? My mother. That's not even a question. My mother sitting in the closet. I was sitting in the closet. I was watching her get dressed. Mm. And she morphed from carpool mom with the crackers to femme fatale going to studio 54 in in her day you know <laughs> in about 20 minutes and i was like wow that's cool <laughs> so your mother was also really interested in like fashion and self-expression and style as well my mom's an artist uh -huh. and so she was always very uh -huh. eclectic and very outside the box thinker yeah really visual too mm -hmm. it sounds like very visual so what is the makeup product that makes you feel most your most confident self. My makeup product, that, um, a red lip. Yeah, the Westman Atelier. Red lip, the yeah, Westman right Atelier. I've always, honestly, I've always wanted to, to buy that little I've, palette. I've always wanted to buy it and our in-house, we have sort of like an in-house makeup team and they keep on saying, Zara, you would love it. You should have to, have to buy it. But I'm trying to not buy so many red lipsticks, which I always do. But, but there's four yeah. colors. <laughs> and, you, and you can mix it. Do you mix those two to like get the perfect shade? Yes, I do. The only complaint I have is it's big and heavy 
And I wish she had singles mm. so that I can carry a little bit with me when I have to go out because mm. it's a it's a bit of a schlep. Yeah, it is so pretty <laughs> though. And like every time I look at it, it's just so pretty to look at. Okay, so what fashion item, Carla, is your current obsession? Is it this new skirt? It's always accessories for me. So right now my fashion obsession is I'm working on a costume jewelry line and I am really excited about what's coming out and it's all going to be very heavy, big pieces, which speak to me. So I like a good dome ring. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, when when is it when is it landing? When can we when can we buy it? Oh goodness, I hope I hope within the next few right now I'm I'm still kind of vetting makers so i'm in the early stages that's so exciting do you answer every comment carla yeah you do i try i think that's so great as well it really connects you doesn't it to the audience it does it does and i and i hear what they're wanting more of and what they really like i think it's very helpful and outside of you know Mm -hmm. social media and fashion design and style like what other things do you like? And what are your other hobbies? Do you love to, you know, hike or cook or what else is that? Oh, I, I wish it was cooking. I tried that <laughs> once. That didn't work TikTok's out. not influencing you. Know, <laughs> let somebody else do the cooking on the TikTok. I think for me, I lately I don't have a lot of time because there are a lot of things that I'm doing right now. But I do feel the need to move my body. Mm. I'm not saying I have to run a 10K or I have to, you know, do, I'm not a, a workout fiend. If I have to take out five, six days because I'm traveling, I do. But I try and Mm. move my body every day in a way that keeps everything lubricated, but also I get to escape for a bit and listen to good music for me. And what on that point, what is the theme song to your life? What is that good music that you like to listen to? Oh, well, it depends on what I'm doing. I I have a mix. I have a different playlist for everything. You know, when I'm, when I'm working out, I get on the Peloton and it's techno. If I'm doing weight training, it's hip to hop. If I'm having a, a some sort of, you know, if I'm putting a video together, it's uh, Caesarea Avora while I'm pulling the look and deciding what I'm doing. If I'm driving, it's classical. I like... It's like how you dress. Depends on the yeah. mood and style and where you're going. Yeah, yeah. I really love alternative. <laughs> You know, alternative 90s music is a big one for me. So I, I, it's just all over the place. And what is the last book you read that you loved or your last, the last thing that you watched that you loved? Okay, so book-wise, I have been very, very bad with, since this whole social media <laughs> thing has happened because it's taken up so much time. I am interested very much in reading a uh, historical biography on Benjamin Franklin. Odd, I know, but eclectic, I am. It's an eclectic choice. It's almost, it's very on brand for you. Yeah, well, I've recently only become an American. I'm, I'm Canadian um, mm-hmm. and I have zero education when it comes to the U.S. And I figure, I mean, I, ne- I need to know a little bit. 
and I hear that this, this is a phenomenal book, so I'm planning on getting there. But I just, we finished Ozark, and I was obsessed with Ozark. Mm. I wanted, I like, when it was over, I was like, can we watch it again? <laughs> I loved it. And then it's crazy to think Julia Garner in Ozark is now in Inventing Anna, and is a, like, an amazing actress. What an amazing actress, right? Yeah, really. Totally different to character. And I have... But I'm, sorry, go on. I'm watching Dropout right now with Amanda Seg... Seg- Field, oh, that's yes. I want oh, yeah. to watch that. I'm saving it for when I'm free and my husband is free, and we're going to watch it properly because I've read the books. I've read the, the Elizabeth Holmes. That's cra- yeah. It's just crazy. Oh yeah, that looks amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and she's phenomenal. That story. Sensational yeah. in it. She's so good. She's a really underrated actress as well. And there's got they've got that Ooh. podcast on the Dropout too, which was amazing. Like one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Oh, maybe I'll listen to that one. Do you listen to so podcasts? Interesting. I do. When, well, when I used to drive. <laughs> Not so much now driving I'm just now. Now sequestered <laughs> in the closet. The biggest joke in our family is my son came out of the closet during the pandemic and I'm still there. I can't get out. <laughs> still in there. What sort of podcast do you listen to? I listen to The Daily. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I listened to... Um, oh, there was one, it was amazing, a crime, I like crime, mm. mysteries, sort of that kind of thing, that was one of my favorites, but it's been a while, really, okay. it's, I mean, this, mm. I've been home, <laughs> I'm just now starting to venture out. And listen, you're in Windy Dallas, but when yeah. are we going to get you to come see us in Australia? Oh, any day, yeah, just, you can get a single would... flight now. Like, can yeah, you? you can go from you can go from Texas to Sydney. I used to get that flight to New York Fashion Week all the time. So you know, don't even need to transit. Yeah, I really, really would love to. My stepmother, my my dad's wife is Australian. Oh wow! Yeah, and so your accent—it's very familiar to me. She's lovely, and I love the idea of coming out because I have a for some reason i don't know if it trickled through my london because i seem to have a chunk of of people who follow me from britain Mm -hmm. if it somehow trickled into australia Australia, maybe i don't know but regardless whether people follow me or not i'm dying to go it's so gorgeous there we'll have to get we'll we'll we'd we'd love to have you (laughs) yeah yeah Soon, I hope. Yeah. Definitely. We'll give you the, we'll give you the t- full tour. Yes, thank you. And Carla, I have to case. ask as well, do you take your mum's advice and marry a dentist in the end? I did not. He did, he's not a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and things still turned out okay. He's, he's all right. He builds, builds closets. Yeah, no, he's okay. He's actually in the garment industry. He was one of the manufacturers that I designed for. So I was his oh. designer. At least he appreciates your closet and appreciates your style and clo- clothes. He does. He does. And I have, I have, uh, you know, he had a particular style that we have fine-tuned <laughs> a little bit. You know, he had the, he had these plaid flannel shirts with no sleeves. No like, sleeves. Oh, I didn't even know that was no. a thing. It was. It was a very. Poor guy. He met me during grunge. He met me during grunge. So he thought I was Nazima girl. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough then. It was a look then. That's fair enough. It was a look. He's allowed allowed to have that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give him that one. Yeah. 
Oh, well, thank you so much for your time, Carla. It's been fabulous talking to you. And I just want to come and hang out in that closet because it looks so brilliant. And just, you know, every girl's dream, the hats, the shoes, I can see you've got lovely white boots there, the handbags, everything it looks beautiful. So we really appreciate your like amazing sage style advice and the color that you brought to today. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And also your life advice, your life advice on honing your skills, your hobbies and your community. I think that was really beautiful. Oh, well, thank you so much, Zara and Kate. I had such a lovely, lovely time. Really, I did. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mecca Talks. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your favorite podcast app and you'll be notified as soon as our next episode becomes available. Don't forget to rate, review and share this episode with your friends. To stay up to date on what's going on in the Mechaverse, Find us on Instagram at at MechaBeauty or join the conversation in our Mecha Chit Chat Facebook group. You've been listening to Mecha Talks. Thank you for joining us. And I'm on the roll.